Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome back to Mama Mystery. I am your host, Kelly. And I'm your co-host, Austin. And today, I put a poll up on our Instagram page, mama.mystery, and I wanted to know what story you guys wanted, so I had two options. One was the Craigslist killer. Correct. And the other one was, do you remember? Another one. And you guys chose the other one, so we are going to go over the Craigslist killer. Oh, did you see the results? Yeah. Yeah. Emma Walker. So yeah, we got more than like double. So we're going to do the opposite. No, today we're going to do Emma Walker, and then the Craigslist killer, that story is going to be posted on Tuesday. However, it will only be for our Patreon. So if you want to listen to that, you're going to have to go um, sign up at patreon.com slash mama mystery. It's like five bucks a month. You get all our episodes, you get the scripts and sources, and then you get an extra episode a month, plus you get stickers which that, are going out tomorrow also that are pretty badass and handwritten notes from kelly that she gets cramps in her hands writing <laughs> i'm starting to because we have so many yeah. i'm super grateful though so i don't mind which is awesome thank you um, speaking of we do have some new patreons so i'm gonna go ahead and shout you out aaron horde darcy moon Woo-hoo. caroline martinez Woo-hoo. Kelsey Din, Irma Gill, Melissa Ferris, <laughs> Alexander Johnson, Carrie Bacchetti, and Taylor Guest. So, Thanks, thank guys. you guys so much. You guys are awesome. It's, all, it's great that you guys all enjoy these crime things like a weirdo like Kelly does. You know what, Austin? Don't deny that you're starting to enjoy them, too. You know what? If you like the show, leave us a review. And if you don't like the show, then don't listen. And don't leave us a review, please. (laughs) (laughs) Too much rambling at the beginning of the show. Don't. Don't give them ideas. All right. Just joking, guys. We appreciate you. Let's get into the show, Kelly. What do we have for this Happy Monday? So, this case was recommended to us by Daisy Frisch. She's one of our Patreons also. And it's the story of Emma Walker. So, this story begins in Knoxville, Tennessee in 2016. Knoxville, some of you may know, is a rural community deep in the heart of the Bible Belt and about three hours east of Nashville, Tennessee. It's the home to the University of Tennessee, and like many areas in the South, football is practically a religion to a lot of people there. And at Central High School in Knoxville, everyone lived for Friday night football. Friday night lights, baby. Yes. My school did too, but I was from Shawnee, Kansas. Yeah, it wasn't nothing like Texas football. De- well, we're school. not in Texas either. We're I mean, in Tennessee. It wasn't like Tennessee football. Well, it's not, nothing like Texas football. Right. But we're Southern. You know, the story is Southern. Whatever. Cool, anyway, cool. so one of the cheerleaders at Central High School was named Emma Walker. And as a freshman, she made the varsity cheerleading squad. And she was the only freshman on varsity. So it was a really big deal. She was really good. Growing up, she was in competitive gymnastics, competitive cheer. It was something she was super passionate about. She took it very seriously. And, I mean, she was just known as, like, your quintessential cheerleader. 
She was adorable. She had five, or I'm sorry, she was 5'4". She had blonde hair, a megawatt smile. You can see pictures of her on our Instagram page. She was full of energy. She loved to have friend, or her friends over. They had tons of fun making videos and taking pictures as evidenced on her Twitter page, which is still active. She was active in Young Life, HOSA, which I think I said that right, HOSA or HOSA, H-O-S-A. Never heard of it. Never heard of it? Okay. So. I wasn't really like your great student that had like a lot of groups going in clubs. I was more of like a D student. <laughs> a D student. Yeah, a D. Anyway. D, D's get degrees. D's get diplomas too. Let's keep going. <laughs> so for those of you who may not know, because I didn't know, I had to look it up. HOSA stands for Health Occupation Students of America. And it's a career and tech organization for students who are preparing for careers in the medical field. Well, Emma wanted to be a neonatal nurse someday. So it was fitting that she was in this club. And then Beta Club was the other club she was in. And that's an academic club where members had to hold a GPA of 3.5 or higher you wouldn't know anything about that club, apparently. So No, I wouldn't know anything about that club. There was 480 people in my class, and I was ranked like 390, so I was in the top 400. <laughs> Out of how many? Like 480. <laughs> oh, Keep going, please. so pretty. So anyway, Emma was not only bright academically, but she was a bright light to those around her. She sounds like a rock star. She is. So, as if it were straight out of a movie, this beautiful, bright, blonde cheerleader caught the eyes of the star on the football team. Riley Gull was a wide receiver on the Central High School football team, and he was known for being a bullet on the field. Off the field, he was known as a jokester, a bit of a self-proclaimed nerd, but excelling in school. He kind of kept to himself, really, and you know, opened up to his tight group of friends. But other than that, he was kind of quiet. He was raised by his mom and grandparents, and he was like your American boy next door. So on social media, the pair was picture perfect. In fact, you can still see her posts on her Twitter account with declarations of love for Riley and how lucky she was to be his girlfriend. She posted videos, pictures, and tributes to him, showing off the new shoes he got her for her birthday and posting filtered pics of them with, like, the silly faces that you do on Snapchat. Mm -hmm. But it's the tale as old as time. What you see on social media is not always as it appears. It's a highlight reel. Behind the screens, Emma and Riley's relationship started getting a little rocky. They'd been together for a couple years now, but they would break up and get back together multiple times, each time becoming more and more heated than the last. Riley started getting a little possessive over Emma and was trying to pull her away from her friends and family. Emma's friends felt like he didn't really have any interest in getting to know them at all. He just wanted Emma all to himself, which, my God, I feel like this is so common. I mean, how often do you hear about relationships like this? High school relationships, possessive. It's a huge red flag. Mm -hmm. Everything, you know, keeping her to himself, not wanting to know her friends, and maybe even bad-mouthing her friends to make her think they were bad. The crazy thing is, though, those things, I feel like, are not, like, sure, yeah, when it ends up bad, it's like, oh, you should have saw it coming. But I feel like that's, like, so many typical high school relationships. Yeah, I mean, it's just a lot of drama. Drama, but also the possessiveness, the bad-mouthing friends, like, that's just a typical high school relationship. Yeah, I mean, it does seem common. I, I, I don't want to use the word typical because common. I feel like, 
you know, that's every high school relationship. And I hope to God that when our kids get older, they don't have relationships like this. But unfortunately, it is common. And so you just need to know the signs of when to get out before it gets worse. Mm -hmm. So he even started telling her what she could and couldn't wear. And he would wait outside of her work for her to get off, which actually got her in trouble at work a few times because it was just very distracting. Her parents did get involved after they saw a message to Emma where he told her that he hated her and would check the obituary for her name. Oh, my. See, that anytime the death comes up, it's too far. Yeah, he really, he went, Sheesh. he crossed the line. So they confronted him about it, and he admitted that he said it, but that he was just upset. But Emma's parents took away her cell phone, forbid him from coming to the house or contacting Emma. So then Riley got Emma an iPod Touch so that she was able to secretly text Riley through the Wi-Fi on the iPod Touch. But then on November 13th of 2016, Emma tells her friends it is over with Riley and they are done for good. Something finally clicked in she just realized that this relationship was no longer worth the stress. So, of course, her friends are super excited about this. Emma is finally going to get her life back. Like, things are looking up. Riley, however, who is now in college, refuses to accept this. And when she breaks up with him, he takes a bunch of Vicodin pills in an attempt to take his own life. He doesn't succeed, but it also doesn't manipulate Emma like maybe he hoped that it would. And I'm not saying that to like undermine a suicide attempt, but I do think sometimes, you know, you see in these relationships where someone is, you know, possessive and manipulative, they'll threaten to take their own life or they'll do things like... To make it seem like they tried. Yeah, just to kind of get the attention from the other person. Mm -hmm. So anyway... She's moving on whether he likes it or not. November 18th, it's a Friday night, and Emma is hanging out with her friends after a football game. This is like a big football game. I guess it, this win got them into some sort of, um, like, what do you call State that? State championship or something. Some sort of championship game. Yeah, I wanted to say tournament. And playoff I was like, game or something. That doesn't sound right. But, but yeah, it got them into a playoff game. So it was a big deal. So she's celebrating with her friends and she starts getting these weird text messages from an unknown number. And the text says, quote, I've got someone you love. If you don't comply, I will hurt them. End quote. She doesn't respond because she figures it's just somebody playing a prank. But then she gets another text 20 minutes later that says, quote, he's in the ditch beside her house. It's a shame you can all of a sudden not value someone's, someone else's life. End quote. So Emma takes a friend with her outside to see what's going on, and they find a body in the ditch outside of the house. And as they approach the body, they find that it's Riley. But Riley isn't dead. He's holding his head, confused, but he has no other injuries to him whatsoever. He doesn't know where he is or what happened or how he got there. But Emma, privy to the games he's trying to play, starts crying and asks him, just leave me alone. Sort of eerie, like he's out of out of his mind, still there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean he's he's acting confused, but she knows that he probably it just like fake is it. a setup. Yeah, 
Okay. Yeah, and I mean, the second I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, is this dude really faking his own death to or kidnapping, faking his own kidnapping to like get this girl's attention? Like, he's reaching a really high level of desperation. Pretty far, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, he leaves and calls his friends, his friends to come get him, and he's still sticking to the story that he was kidnapped and tossed into a van and then dumped on the side of the road. They didn't believe him either, but they offered to call 911, and he told them no, of course, because... You just gave yourself away. Yeah, exactly. No, you know what? They dropped me back off. Don't call. No, it's fine. I'm good. I'm fine. Yeah. <laughs> So the next day, it's Saturday morning, and Emma is home alone when, she, when someone starts banging on her front door. And she texts her friend saying, quote, I'm home alone, and somebody in all black just walked down my street and came to my door and rang the doorbell over and over again. I thought I was going to die, end quote. So she calls Riley, but oddly enough, it's not to accuse him of trying to get into her house. It's to say that she's shaking and crying and that she hates him, but she needs him right now. It sounds fake. So he comes to her rescue, and of course his text is like, I'll be there in a few minutes. I'm speeding. Hold on, I'll be there. And of course, like, he shows right up because this, is, uh, this hasn't been proven, but I would put money on it that he was the guy dressed in black yep. that was banging on the door to scare her so that she would ask him for help. So anyway, Emma's mom arrives shortly after because they were supposed to meet up for breakfast that day. So when Emma didn't show up, um, her mom came home and she sees Riley and Emma talking in the driveway. She tells Riley, you're not supposed to be here. He needs to leave. And he leaves. So then two days later, on Monday morning at about 6 a.m., Emma's mom goes into her room to wake her up for school, but Emma doesn't respond right away. So she goes to Emma's bed to see what's going on, and Emma's not moving. She's not responding, nothing. She checks for a pulse, and she doesn't find one. Oh, my gosh. She immediately calls 911, telling them that her 16-year-old daughter is unresponsive. And initially, the medical examiner on the scene thought that it was a suicide until she saw right next to Emma's bed a tiny hole in the wall. See, Emma's bedroom was in the corner of the house, and her bed was lodged into that corner. So from one side of that corner was the head of her bed, and the other side of that corner was the side of her bed, right? Two bullets were shot that night, one on each, like through each of those walls. So one shot hit her right above her left ear, and the other shot lodged in her pillow. So once word got out that someone shot her, investigators started interviewing friends and family, and of course, the first name that comes up is Riley Gall. So Riley's friends come out and admit that Riley told them a couple days prior that he had stolen his grandfather's gun to protect himself from the people who kidnapped him and the person who tried to get into Emma's house. So these friends are telling investigators this as they're kind of questioning everybody to like see who might have done this. Mm-hmm. So then investigators bring Riley in for questioning, and he's very vague with his answers. He can't seem to remember if he spent the night at his friend's Noah's house, his friend Noah's house, or at his grandparents' house, literally the night before. He can't remember. He can't remember where he spent the night before. I'm sorry. What? <laughs> like. I understand. 
Exactly. I mean, it's just, it's so unbelievable because obviously he didn't spend the night at either one. He has no alibi. So he's like, I can't remember if I, I think I might've been at Noah's or maybe I was at my grandparents. How do you not know? You're just getting caught in a lie. So then he keeps referring to Emma, the love of his life as quote, the girl. So literally when he's talking to investigators, he's like, so then uh, the girl called me and investigators are like the girl. And he says, yeah, the girl that passed away. I can't help but keep thinking you're going to throw me a curveball and tell me it's not him. That's all I keep thinking. Otherwise, this is like super obvious. Yeah. I mean, it, it is super obvious, right? So it's just so bizarre, though, that he never says her name. He says the girl that passed away. Like, it's just so weird. I mean, you're yeah. just giving yourself away. Mm-hmm. So then they ask him about the gun. He denies ever having the gun or knowing where his grandpa's gun is. So they ask him about a conversation he had with his friend Noah, where he asked Noah if he knew how to get fingerprints off a gun. So he's like texting. This is so ridiculous. He texted his friend Noah saying like, hey, do you know how to get fingerprints off a gun? And Noah was like, "Um, no. I mean, that's kind of a weird question. And Riley's like, no, yeah, I was asking for my roommate. This is ridiculous. (laughs) I mean... It's, it's sad because a girl has lost her life, okay? So I'm not trying to minimize that. But how dumb. Yeah, this is like this kid America's is dumbest so, criminals. It is. It's like literally probably the dumbest criminal that we've ever covered. Mm-hmm. So Riley starts getting concerned that they think he's a suspect because they're treating him like a suspect. And the interview gets shut down. So the police come up with another tactic, which is to use Riley's friends Noah and Alex to get the truth out of Riley. Mm -hmm. So it's Tuesday, the day after Emma passed away, and Noah and Alex invite Riley over to hang out. On what appears to be the key fob to a car is actually a tiny hidden camera, and it's pointing right at Riley, who is sitting on the couch just casually talking to his friends. The discussion turns to the gun and how his friends basically screwed him over with their statements, And so Riley starts telling his friends to tell the police that they were on LSD, that they were drunk and high, and that basically they didn't know what they were saying when they said Riley had a gun. The level of desperation is is reaching really moronic levels. So then he invites them on an impromptu road trip to the Bluffs, which overlook this deep, wide river, because he tells them that this is where he plans on dropping the gun. And he says they will never find it here. And he asks Noah and Alex if they can go with him right that moment to go drop the gun off. Meanwhile, he has no idea. He's being recorded, video Mm -hmm. recorded on that key fob. And police are literally like right outside watching the entire thing. Live. Live. Wow. So... They all get in the car, and they head to Riley's stepdad's house to get the gun. And it's all still being recorded. Alex and Noah, meanwhile, are in a group text with the undercover cops who are tailing Riley's car, unbeknownst to Riley. They pull into an apartment complex, and police flip on their lights, and right there in the parking lot, they arrest Riley Gall for the murder of Emma Walker. So... In court, Riley's defense was that he only shot at her walls because he wanted to scare her. Oh my gosh. So this that just she keeps would, getting stupider and stupider. Yeah. So that she would call him for help and that he could be the hero. 
And I want to talk about that because initially that's honestly what I thought too, was that he was just shooting near her window so that, I mean, everything he did was for dramatics. He wanted to get her attention. He wanted there to be drama and it to be this like lifetime movie where there's this big, you know, climax to, Mm -hmm. you know, some big romantic scene where he like saves her. I mean, it's so obvious, Mm -hmm. the kidnapping, the banging on the door, and now this. So part of me really did believe at first that he was just doing it to scare her. But then his behavior afterward was just so off-putting, not saying her name, hiding the gun. I mean, obviously he realizes he's culpable, but I want to point out also that outside the gun, the gunshot holes in the walls were like shoulder height. So I almost wonder if he didn't realize just how high he was like compared to the foundation of the house. So does that make sense? Like, yeah, I just call bullshit. I think he did it on purpose. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, it's really hard for me to figure it out because on the one hand, I feel like he wanted her. And if nobody else, if he couldn't have her, nobody else could. So yeah. But then I'm like, but then why would he want to kill her? I mean, everything he was doing was more to kill himself or to act like he was killing himself in an attempt to just get her attention. Like Right, but regardless, it doesn't matter. He murdered her. So whether, oh, or what sure. are we debating between first degree and second degree? No, intent or not, in, or accidental is my, that's my okay, thought Okay, that's here. what you're thinking. It doesn't matter what I say because the deed is done and the verdict is in and the sentencing has happened. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't matter. Nothing I say is going to change anything. No, no, I know. I'm just wondering like if it we're, like to me, I'm thinking, okay, he goes in this courtroom and he tries to say, no, I was just trying to scare her. It doesn't matter. You killed her. So mm-hmm. why is he saying that? Is he trying to get like first degree versus second degree to get a lesser sentence or Maybe. what's the point? Maybe. Yeah, maybe he was trying to say he's guilty of some some lesser offense yeah. because he didn't mean to. With kill me her. not knowing mm-hmm. as much about like the law and about crime and stuff, like if I'm a judge, I don't give a shit. You well, kill her. Yeah, and I see that. But when you go in and you're charged with first degree murder, the jury can find you less like guilty of a lesser charge. You know, first degree is like the cap of mm-hmm. what you can be charged with. And they can find you not guilty of first degree murder, but they can find you guilty of something lesser. That might be wrong in some states, but I think that's how a lot of states operate. Mm-hmm. So maybe that is why he was saying Trying it was for just a an lesser accident. sentence, yeah. Either way, the prosecuting attorneys did not believe it. They believed that he killed her with intent because he wanted her all to himself and just could not accept the breakup. And if he couldn't have her, nobody could. And also to argue that point why shoot into her house right. shoot into the sky if right. you're trying to just that's, scare that, her babe, that's a hundred percent what i was thinking like that's why i don't buy it at all yeah if you were trying to scare her you would have shot into the sky yeah and I mean, you would have was, never shot through a wall of a house like you know where her bedroom is that's, you that's know why where I, her bed is that's why like not even for one second when you said it do i even think like no that's yeah. bs Yeah, so it's like I could see it for a second, but then when you start thinking of all the logical stuff, it's like, you knew where her bed was. Why did you shoot right where you knew her head would be? You've been in her room. You had to have known. Right. And yeah, shoot into the sky if you're trying to get her attention. Either way. Either way, you're a freaking lunatic. Lunatic. Yes. So. um, What do you get sentenced to? Riley Gall was found guilty of felony first-degree murder, stalking, tampering with evidence, theft, and possession of a firearm. He was sentenced to life in prison, and he will be eligible for parole when he is 51 years old, which is also really disappointing because 
He should be Emma just Walker locked up forever. Was so young. I mean, that's crazy. I mean, this was just a straightforward, just bullshit, idiot case, in my opinion. Yeah, it is. I mean, there was no like gotcha moments. No curveballs. Kind of like, no nothing. Just he just did it. Yeah. And and was a freaking moron the whole way through. And gosh, that's yeah, sucks. Just, that's super sad. It was so point blank, like. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. I just want to know, like, what he was thinking. What were you thinking? I know, like, I understand the motive behind everything else. You're trying to get her attention. You want her sympathy. You want her to care. So then what the hell were you thinking when you shot into her bedroom? Maybe maybe go about, like, trying to be a good guy. Or maybe get therapy. Yeah. Maybe get on some medication. Or a combination of all those things. Yeah. So that is the story. Tomorrow, we will be dropping an episode on our Patreon website. So if you want to listen to that, it is about the Craigslist killer. It's going to be sketchy as hell. Man, I got a buddy that went to buy an Xbox 360 one time in the parking lot. And he was meeting a Craigslist person. He went and met him in a parking lot. And, like, they got their backpack out. And they, they were, like, telling him to come over and look in the bag to see the Xbox. And when he looked in the bag... They were holding a gun in the bag, and he said, put the money in the bag. And he put the money in the backpack, and they left. That, how scary would that be? Oh, my gosh. It would be so All terrifying. over what? $400 for an Xbox? Yeah. Well, $400? Yeah. Like, it was, it was, he probably had the Xbox for sale for 250 or something. Like, mm-hmm. so Oh, just wait. The Craigslist killer is just as senseless. It involves robbery, murder, and... And everything else you true crimeists are like. <laughs> Have a great week. Back off. Share. Review, we appreciate you. Mama, mystery, out. Bye.